Time now to talk uh, the ICC Men's uh, Cricket World Cup. Of course, we've got full coverage of the final. We've uh, brought you uh, both the semi-finals, and uh, thank you so much for the feedback. It's been really positive. I uh, do appreciate that. Uh, Marshy, latest right. Uh, morning, Daniel. It's bloody good having the cricket on the transistor for the last couple of nights and listen to the games off and on. Go India now, writes Marshy in the Hawks Bay. Of course, uh, more cricket coming your way via the station. Uh, all black caps and white Ferns games coming to you live when the uh, domestic, um, well, international summer starts. But we've got a pretty big game to get our head around, and we are utterly thrilled to welcome in a man knows the game inside and out. He was a fine player and a really good coach, both uh, at uh, international level. He is the one, the only, Mr. John Bracewell. Brace, it's lovely to chat to you again. How are you doing? Yeah, well, it's, now we're coming to the end of this uh, long, long summer. We've got World Cup rugby, World Cup cricket, so... Um, Man, it's it's going to launch our uh, domestic season, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I'd like to know. I I think my producer Logan uh, says you're his year nine cricket coach. Um, <laughs> I, I'm guessing a you don't remember him, and b um, if you do, was he any good? Well, funnily enough, the reason I coached at that level when I first started coaching is to find out how ordinary cricketers learnt. So, so I suppose <laughs> I should remember him. <laughs> Delicately handled, as always, braces. Delicately, just like you used to hold the cherry, you know? You didn't yeah. give it a rip. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. All right, India and Australia. Um, Australia and South Africa last night, really compelling game. It was quite even. Uh, I, I thought... If I look back at that game, I just look at the opening 10 overs of the respective innings. Intent was everything. I thought South Africa were, were quite passive with bat in hand against a really good bowling effort. Don't get me wrong, Australia's new ball player, Hazelwood, was so threatening and it was doing a little bit. But they were passive. Australia weren't, right? Could I, could I yeah. drill it down to, to just that as the difference? I, I, th- I think it was probably two. If there was a potential weakness in both sides, it was the... Uh, their ability to be able to choke under pressure as a batting unit. I, I, I think that the Australian bowling unit was never, ever going to choke. I, I think that they, in fact, I think that they thrive on, on, on that sort of pressure and, and have done it for a long, long time, um, especially their, their three quicks up front. Um, but if there is a weakness in both of those sides, it's that compounding pressure of relentless bowling, and, and and I think the South Africans blinked first. So they needed to be a little bit more assertive. I, ironically, I, I guess that's what de Kock tried to do. He gets himself out, but, you know, one sort of black mark, as a coach, you want them to, to back themselves. You know, don't, don't well, let the game come to you. Yeah, it depended, it depended very much on that, on that surface. I mean, both sides said that they wanted to bat first. Um, there was a bit of cloud cover, so there was a bit of movement. So perhaps it might have been better off uh, uh, to have soaked up and, and De Kock to have actually used up a few more balls to got himself through that first spell uh, and get more and get, got more uh, in tune with, one, the condition of the surface and also what was going to be a pass score. It was a pass score game. Um, it wasn't about. It wasn't like the other semi-final, which was you know 700 runs on a really really good surface on a smallish ground. Um, this was really about what was a score that we can defend, 
and they were unable to get to that point. They were close to getting to that point with, with the Australian seven down. So perhaps they could have actually soaked up a few more balls and, and actually warned the, the, uh, or forced the Australians to start chopping and changing their bowling line-up, trying to look for a, for a hole in the armoury. But, you know, they allowed Stark to bowl seven overs on the trot. Um, and and, and nail them against the wall. So anything they got was a a reward um, as opposed to being able to build to a total that they could have defended. It was a par-score game, and par-score probably would have been about 270 um, in terms of of, uh, a winning score might have been about 270 and not... As sometimes the case, you're always expecting one semi-final to be seven under run. So, oh, of course, the next one will be. But the conditions change so much throughout India in, di- in different areas that you've got to actually read the wicket that you're playing on at the time. Yeah, interesting perspective. John Bracewell is with us. Um, it must have been such a frustrating night for South African fans because you've all, you start with that dreaded... But you've started off with a terrible period. And you're thinking, oh, God, here we go again. We're going to lose another semi-final. In Klaassen and and Miller play really well together, and just as Klaassen is starting to open up, and he's been such a force over the last couple of years, he gets out to a part-timer. Yeah, and, and that often happens, but you know, Miller is a, uh, a, is a class act in terms of uh, what he can provide in terms of coming from behind. Um, he, he has got a, um, a history of playing against the tide of a game, um, almost like Daryl Mitchell in, in, in some respects, you know, sort of all of a sudden you think you're out of the game and you get somebody who comes in and, and actually can turn the tide. Um, so, he, you know, he's a, he's a class act. I think Klaassen, he kind of got the feeling from the start that the wicket was just a bit stoppy for him. So he, he fought through to where he got to. And then all of a sudden, when you fight your way through to a total, uh, an individual total, and then there's that change a bowler, and you think, God, thank God for that, and you make a mistake and bang, you're gone. And that's the harsh realities of cricket. You know, it's um, it's just the nature of the game that you make one mistake and you're sitting down and you're watching for the rest of the match. Yeah, and you need slices of luck. You look, David Miller nicks his first ball. It nearly, nearly carries to second slip. He was nearly out first ball. Goes on and gets a really, really impressive 100, but uh, too much of a lone wolf, I guess. Australia start with such ferocity, a 60 on the board after six overs. And from then on in, you need to bowl Australia out. South Africa fought really hard. We've got to give them credit for that, and they got seven of them. But ultimately, they, they dip out, and Australia and India will meet. We'll get to that in just a moment. The first of the semis. How do you reflect on it now? You've had a bit of time. Oh, look, I thought it was a magnificent um, match in terms of... There was a lot of noise around changing pitches and things like that, but it's a 700-run pitch um, regardless. So it's still held together. I mean, I I think it was a remarkable effort that New Zealand got to 300-odd, given the history of that ground and and the deterioration. It showed the class of, of our batting lineup. Um, and, and, and I think that our batting lineup uh, had been strong throughout throughout the series. Somebody was scoring all the time, um, and, 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 and that was pleasing to see. Came Williamson after a long layoff with his knee and then his thumb. He came back in late in the tournament and scored straight away, which was which was remarkable, given given how hard it is to score runs in in, in India. The only sort of letdown in our batting lineup is the first time in probably a long, long time 
where Tom Latham has gone through a tournament without making this really significant batting contribution. And, and, and he has the reputation of being our best player of spin. Um, that, that, that to me was quite interesting. Um, but everybody has those periods of time where they are out of form. We were lucky that we had guys in form for most of that tournament. Unfortunately, um, losing uh, Matt Henry, I think, was a significant Huge. blow to our chances of going through to the final. Uh, I just think he is a, he is a mag- he's developed into a magnificent new ball bowler in terms of hitting the deck hard in the line of, of, of Hazelwood, uh, not quite as quick, but he certainly hits that nasty length consistently uh, over, a, over a period of time. He's been doing it now for three, four years, and, and I think that that was probably a, a difference in, in our ability to get through to the final. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Devin Conway, you could probably put in the mix. I know he starts off with 152 not out, brilliant, but after that, pretty lean. Uh, so, so he was down on runs, and that's a big weapon there. Did they get the balance yeah. of the team right? You, you're a coach, right? I, I, I look at Mark Chapman, and this is nothing against Mark Chapman. This is about the skills and what he brings to the game. He's batting at seven as an out-and-out batter, John. He faced... Where's it gone? He faced... Um, not a lot in this tournament. I think it was he faced a total, here I've got it, finally, 71 balls he faced batting at seven in a tournament. That tells me you didn't need a batsman at seven. Okay, so so there I think that they struggled to replace Michael Bracewell, um, who who was that guy that could do exactly what Chapman was asked to do, but actually contributes with the ball. Um, now, they're, they're probably in the, in, the, in the bowling attack, each Sodi went into the, in, into the competition or into the tournament in form and played, I think, one game. Um, so that was either the surfaces or, or the strategy or the size of the grounds that they were playing on. But each Sodi is a form, he's a form cricketer. When each Sodi's in form, he's, 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 a, a world champion. If he's slightly out of form or he doesn't play enough cricket, then often he is a passenger within the group because he doesn't get to play. Um, and I, I think that you know we may have missed a trick when uh, uh, throughout some of those those uh, earlier games where we weren't actually having somebody like East Sodi available to us for when it come to that really sharp end of the tournament and having a little bit more variation, a little bit more experience in our spin bowling attack. Uh, Ravindra is still learning his trade, and, and, and Phillips is, is still learning a trade. You know, they, they don't necessarily know how to get guys out under pressure uh, when you need a wicket. They know how to sort of contain, um, but they left sort of Satna to kind, kind of do that role all on his own. And I think you need two quality spinners going through your tournament. Uh, but they yeah. sort of failed to either have the confidence to use them, uh, and they might have lost that confidence a little bit when they started losing games. Um, but I think they missed a trick in, in, in East Sodi not being uh, having enough cricket, giving his temperament um, to be ready at that sharp end of the tournament. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and losing Michael Brace was huge, right? Absolutely huge. Uh, I know what we lacked too, um, killer instinct, because we tried to help a guy who had cramp. That was apparently our downfall. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, Simon O'Donnell and, 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 and myself came from a, bo- a book of ancient codes. <laughs> um, and, and unfortunately, what Simon hasn't realised is life has actually moved on since then. <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the reasons why this side is very comfortable in tournaments is because they are comfortable in their own skin. They're not trying to be somebody else. We are no longer trying to emulate Ian Chappell's behaviour um, as, 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 as New Zealanders. You know, oh, we've got to be like Australians because hard men win cricket. No. Our guys have got a successful, I mean, what is it, seven semi-finals in a row. We've been to two finals in a row. We've been world test champions. And we're playing with a population of cricketers less than the Victorian state. And we're producing champions and we produce champion people. I'd rather have somebody like a Kane Williamson, a Mitchell Satner, a Daryl Mitchell in my side any day than any one of the Australian plonkers who think that hard is good. Hard's an old-fashioned concept of, of behaviour Kane Williamson is a hard cricketer. Don't get me wrong. He is a ruthless competitor when it comes to scoring runs, and his record shows that. But he concentrates on scoring runs. He behaves the way he behaves both on and off the field. He sees no difference between having manners off the field and having manners on the field. I'm just giving big pauses so our social media team can lift this off easily. Uh, braces. <laughs> <laughs> Go straight to Australia. <laughs> oh, I just can't help but think of uh, G, uh, Cody talking about the racial rage meter back in the day. Brilliant. Yeah, I, well, I, I love the perspective. I love the perspective of, you know, you played it like that back then, but you're big enough to yeah. say the world has changed. You know, credit to you. Mate, and, and, and to be fair, what a nitwit I was. You know, because because a lot of the people that I played with, like, I wish I'd had, had uh, I wish I'd had the attitude that I could talk to some people that I considered to be my heroes, like Javed Mian did, mm. uh, and people like that, and had the courage to actually have a chat with them and learn something. Instead, I wanted to fight with them. Well, what a wasted opportunity, what a, what a wasted 10 years of opportunity that I could have had to have enriched myself and my skill set by being able to get alongside and have a conversation with Javed me and Dad. Instead, I thought I was going to war. Gee, You know, Jarvis. it just I, I, doesn't I know. make sense. What a player. What a sensation. And he liked, he liked the New Zealand bowling attack over the years, didn't he, Bryce? Oh, he loved us. He loved us. <laughs> Yeah. All but, right, let's get... To, yeah. let, let, sorry, no, carry on. If you've got one last point well, on that, feel free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember going on a... Um, uh, I got selected in a World Eleven to tour England, and I played with all the guys that I admired, you know, Viv Richards and all those guys. Clive Lloyd was our coach, and and, 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 I, oh, and I, was caught a, I was sitting in the dressing room thinking, man, I've been a plonker. These guys are such good guys. Uh, and, 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 and to that point, I remember going and coaching with Shane Bond, the big bash, and Shane Watson was our coach, uh, was our captain. And I, and I 
And I didn't want to like Shane Watson. I thought, you know, look, you're everything that's Australian and all that sort of stuff. And I never met a nicer bloke. <laughs> He's an absolute champion of bloke. But they put on this facade on the field that they're not off the field. And yeah. that's the thing I like about these New Zealand cricketers. They are the same blokes off the field as they are on the field. There's no falseness about those guys. They're not pretending to be something they're not. They are what they are. Yeah. And I yeah. admire really interesting. Yeah. Interesting perspective. Here's I stupidly thinking uh, bowling better at the death um, rather than helping a guy with uh, cramp let us down. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, 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 we will move on. The final. You've got mm. India, 10 from 10, making a great case of one of the best uh, you know, World Cup sides we've seen in a, maybe since the, that frightening Australian team in 2003 that absolutely murdered India in a final, uh, funnily enough, against a side who just have such a, a big game temperament. Um, especially the bowling attack, you are right, uh, Braces. How do you see it playing out? Is there a clear favourite? Yeah, well, the other thing that I really liked about the Australian side the other, uh, last night was also their fielding. Man, they turned up in the field, didn't they? In those first 10 yeah, overs, they, they supported that bowling attack like nothing else. Um, so so I, I, I thought that was brilliant. The thing that the, the edge that uh, India have over, over Australia... I think that um, Shami's, Shami's bowling, his length, that skid length, um, with the Australians tending to be a little bit heavy-handed the way they bat, a la, very similar to the South Africans, quite hard-handed. And I think that uh, uh, Jadeja as well, with his pace, with his, with, with his left arm spin, that skiddy length, I think that, that there's a good chance that they'll trap the Australians on the crease a bit. And I think the edge may go to India because I think that they, their, their batting lineup is more in form uh, and more consistently in form. And the way Sharma came out last night, uh, two nights ago, and said, we're not afraid of anything, I think was a statement performance. I, I know the Indian players get accused of playing for themselves a lot, but that guy, Rohit Sharma, um, th- th- that is leadership. Th- this guy can bat deep and score enormous scores, 264 he has scored, but, but he is taking a, I am setting a, a tone, a tempo from the off, isn't he? And that needs to be admired. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's also, he's showing his team that he trusts them, that, it, that the, the burden of responsibility, the only burden of responsibility that lays on him is to do his job properly and to do his job well, not to bat for three, four and five just in case they don't get runs. And that's the thing that I quite like about them at the moment is that they they bat for their position. They're not trying to bat for somebody else. They trust that if I get out doing my job, the next guy will come in and he will do his job. And when you get a team that feels that way, feels that trust, that they're not having the burden of responsibility of carrying somebody in their batting lineup, and they're not carrying anybody in their batting lineup because they're all in form. They're a very, very dangerous side and hot, hot favourites for the final. Braces, you're a star. I love chatting to you, mate. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for your time. And guess what? SNZ listeners are going to hear more of you from time to time. You're joining us over summer, I understand. Hey? Hey? Bring the rage of me to then. Bring the rage of me to then, please. (laughs) Mate, I I just, look, I've only been doing the commentary stuff for a couple of years and things like that, and I just love it. It's really, really rekindled. 
my my love for the game. And I, I was slightly burnt out by the time I came back from overseas, 40 years just yeah. doing the same thing. But um, the commentary thing has really rekindled my love for it. And, and, and part of that is the fact that when you can go down onto the field and guys come up and they have a chat to you, and that's how good these guys are. They don't, they don't feel threatened by the media or suspicious of the media and things like that. And, uh, you know, they, they are very comfortable in their own skin. Um, and it's really rekindled my love for the game. Wonderful to hear. We can't wait to have you on board, uh, Braces. Thanks, mate. Go enjoy your Friday. A treat having you on. Cheers, mate. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, John Bracewell, brilliant player in his own right. Uh, incredibly long, successful career as a coach. Wonderful perspective uh, he has uh, brought there. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I certainly did.